0: Chapter Sixteen of Fern's Hollow. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Fern's Hollow by Hesba Stretton. Chapter Sixteen. Softening thoughts. But God had not forsaken Stephen though for a little time he had left him to the workings of his own sinful nature that he might know of a certainty that in himself there dwelt no good thing god looks down from heaven upon all our bitter conflicts and he weighs as a just judge all the events that happen on earth from the servant to whom he is given but one talent he does not demand the same service as from him who has ten talents stephen's heavenly father knew exactly how much understanding and strength he possessed for he himself had given those good gifts to the boy and he knew in what measure he had bestowed them when the right time was come he sent from above he took him he brought him out of many waters he brought him forth also into a large place he delivered him because he delighted in him after the great tribulation of those days stephen fell into a long and severe illness for many weeks he was delirious and unconscious neither knowing what he said nor who was taking care of him when miss anne sat beside him soothing him as she sometimes could do with singing He would talk of being in heaven, and listening to little Nan among the angels. Bess shared many of Martha's weary hours of watching, and so deeply had the child's death affected them, that now all their thoughts and talk were about the things that Miss Anne diligently taught them concerning Jesus and his salvation. It was not much that they knew but as in former times a very small subject was sufficient for a long gossip so now the little knowledge of the scriptures that was lodged in either of their minds became the theme of fluent if not very learned conversation sometimes stephen as if their words caught some floating memory would murmur out a verse or two in his delirious ramblings or sing part of a hymn tim also who came for an hour or two every evening was always ready to read the few chapters he had learned and to give the girls his interpretation of them there was no pressing want in the little household though their breadwinner was unable to work the miners made up stephen's wages among themselves at every reckoning for stephen had won their sincere respect though they had often been tempted to ill-treat him miss anne came every day with dainties from the master's house without meeting any reproof or opposition though the name of stephen fern never crossed mr wylie's lips still he used to listen attentively whenever the doctor called upon miss anne to give her his opinion how the poor boy was going on when stephen was recovering his mind was too weak for any of the violent passions that had preceded his illness moreover the bounty of his comrades and the humble kindness of martha and bess came like healing to his soul for very often the tenderness of others will seem to atone for the injuries of our enemies and at least soften our vehement desire for revenge and yet in a quiet listless sort of way stephen still longed for god to prove his wrath against the master's wrongdoing it appeared so strange to hear that all this time nothing had befallen him that he was still strong and healthy and becoming more and more wealthy every day like asaph the psalmist when he considered the prosperity of the wicked stephen was inclined to say how doth god know and is there knowledge with the most high behold these are the ungodly that prosper in the earth they increase in riches verily i have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency for all the day long have i been plagued and chastened every morning why does god let these things be he inquired of miss anne one day after he was well enough to rise from his bed and sit by the fire he was very white and thin and his eyes looked large and shining in their sunken sockets but they gazed earnestly into his teacher's face as if he was craving to have this difficulty solved you have asked me a hard question said miss anne we cannot understand god's way for as the heavens are higher than the earth so are his ways than our ways but shall we try to find out a reason why god let these things be for little nan's sake yes said stephen turning away his eyes from her face our lord jesus christ had one disciple called john whom he had loved more than the rest and before john died he was permitted to see heaven and to write down many of the things shown to him that we also might know of them he beheld a holy city whose builder and maker is god and having the glory of god It was built as it were of pure gold and the walls were of all manner of precious stones the gates of the city were of pearl and the streets of gold as clear and transparent as glass there was no need of the sun nor of the moon to shine in it for the glory of god doth lighten it and the lamb is the light thereof he saw too the throne of god and above it there was a rainbow of emerald which was a sign of his covenant with the people upon earth and round about the throne nearer than the angels there were seats upon which men who had been ransomed from this world of sin and sorrow were sitting in white robes and with crowns upon their heads there came a pure river of water of life out of the throne and on each side of the river in the streets of the city there was a tree of life the leaves of which are for the healing of all nations before the throne stood a great multitude which no man could number clothed in white robes and with palms in their hands and as john listened he heard a sound like the voice of many waters and then as it became clearer it seemed like the voice of a great thunder but at last it rang down into his opened ears as the voice of many harpers singing a new song with their harps and he heard a great voice out of heaven proclaiming the covenant of god with men behold the tabernacle of god is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and god himself shall be with them and be their god and god shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death neither sorrow nor crying neither shall there be any more pain the disciple whom jesus loved saw many other things which he was commanded to seal up but these things were written for our comfort and little nan is there murmured stephen as the tears rolled down his cheeks our lord says of little children i say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my father which is in heaven continued miss anne stephen do you wish her to be back again in this sorrowful world with martha and you for companions instead of the angels oh no sobbed stephen and now why has god sent so many troubles to you my poor stephen as i told you before we cannot understand his ways yet but do you not see that sorrow has made you very different to the other boys about you have you not gained much wisdom that they do not possess and would you change your lot with any one of them would you even be as you were yourself twelve months ago before these afflictions came we are sent into this world for something more than food and clothing and work and play our souls must live and they are dead if they are not brought into submission to god's will even our own lord and saviour though he were a son yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered how much more do we need to suffer before we learn obedience to the will of god then there is martha continued miss anne after a pause she and bess are both brought to repentance by the death of our little child surely i need not excuse god's dealings to you any more stephen but there comes no judgment upon the master said stephen in a low voice a flush of pain passed over miss anne's face as she met stephen's eager gaze and saw something of the working of his heart in his flashing eye our god will suffer no sin to go unpunished for ever she answered solemnly vengeance is mine i will repay saith the lord listen stephen when our lord spoke those blessings in your chapter he implied that on the opposite side there were curses corresponding to them but he did not leave this matter uncertain i will read them to you from another chapter but woe unto you that are rich for ye have received your consolation woe unto you that are full for ye shall hunger woe unto you that laugh now "'for ye shall mourn and lament.' "'That is the master,' said Stephen, his face glowing with satisfaction. "'For he is rich and full, and he laughs now.' "'Yes, but who can tell but that these woes will fall upon my uncle?' said Miss Anne, and her head drooped low, and Stephen saw the tears streaming down her cheeks. All my prayers and love for him may be lost his soul which is as precious and immortal as ours may perish for ever stephen looked at her bitter weeping with a longing desire to say something to comfort her but he could not speak a word for her grief was caused by the thought of the very vengeance he was wishing for he turned away his head uneasily and gazed deep down into the glowing embers of the fire. Not my prayers and love only, continued Miss Anne, but our Saviour's also. All his griefs and sorrows may prove unavailing as far as my uncle is concerned. Perhaps he will say of him, I have laboured in vain, I have spent my strength for naught and in vain. O oh, my Saviour! because i love thee i would have every immortal soul saved for thy eternal glory and so would i miss anne cried the boy sinking on his knees oh miss anne pray to jesus that i may love all my enemies for his sake when miss anne's prayer was ended she left stephen alone to the deep but gentler thoughts that were filling his mind he understood now with a clearness that he had never had before that love is of god and every one that loveth is born of god and knoweth god he must love his enemies because they were precious as he himself had been in all their sin and rebellion to their father in heaven not only did god send rain and sunshine upon the evil and unjust but he had so loved them as to give his only begotten son to die for them and if they perished so far it made the cross of christ of none effect henceforth the bitterness of revenge died out of his heart and whenever he bent his knees in prayer he offered up the dying petition of his namesake the martyr stephen in behalf of all his enemies but especially of his master lord lay not this sin to their charge End chapter 16